from the Kentucky New Era studios in Hopkinsville. It's the Young Sports Podcast. And now, here's your host, Chris Young. Welcome in for another episode of Young Sports, a podcast focusing on local prep athletics in Western Kentucky. My name is Chris Young, and I am your host, coming to you from the Kentucky New Era Studios in Hopkinsville. Thank you once again to Warner Brothers recording artist Ryan Kinder for providing his new single, Close, as the intro song for this show. Close, which is rising up the charts rapidly is available for download on iTunes, as is this very podcast. As a result of the incredible support shown for Young Sports following last week's inaugural episode, the podcast has been approved by iTunes and can be downloaded right now on your desktop or smartphone and is ready for consumption, ready for your ears. Very exciting that we've already gotten to that point and that folks can access it literally from anywhere. If you get a moment, hop on over to iTunes, subscribe to Young Sports, rate the show, and drop a quick review if you get a moment. I can tell you that the the feedback and the comments have already been tremendous and really extremely humbling after just one week. I'm so grateful to the hundreds of you who have already given us a listen. I hope you'll continue to do that. I hope the numbers will grow. And I appreciate you listening and streaming wherever, whenever, however you might be tuned in at this very moment and look forward to continuing to bring you some some great shows, some great episodes, some wonderful guests and that certainly is no exception today. And we're not going to waste much time because I've got a nice lineup for you. Later on I'm going to talk with Hopkinsville High School boys basketball coach Tim Hayworth about the Tigers' big win over Crosstown rival Christian County. We're also going to talk with Tim about some of his coaching mentors, who he looks up to, where he kind of learned the trade to a degree. And then we'll talk about his days at Murray State, his playing time, and his favorite fraternity party that he enjoyed attending at MSU. All that coming up and a lot more with Tim shortly. But first and very first, we're leading off uh, with the, the, the man of the hour, it seems like, with, uh, with National Signing Day really just a few hours away. Uh, I wanted to bring on Christian County High School senior wide receiver, Kieron Catlett, the all-time leader in receptions and receiving yards for the Colonels, uh, a first-team All-Stater by the Louisville Courier Journal in December, mm-hmm. and then again last week by the Associated Press voters, right. also chosen as the Kentucky New Era and Toyota of Hopkinsville Football Player of the Year in 2015 uh, for the Southern Penny Row. And ended your county career as one of the top ten receivers in Kentucky high school football history in terms of receiving yards, which is an incredible thing. Uh, all of that gained you the uh, the designation as one of the top college football prospects in the state, and as a result, you initially committed to play for Western Kentucky University and Jeff Brom. Mm-hmm. But, but it sounds like you've had a possible change of heart, and so uh, here today to talk about his decision and what the future might hold is Mr. Kieran Catlett. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. But uh, I'm here to talk about my decision that uh, that came upon me Thursday because Thursday afternoon, Coach Love called me and told me that Purdue offered me. So that And plus, they've been wanting me going to visit. So I was like, all right, I'm just see how it is, see what it's talking about. And then, you know what I'm saying, I flew in. From Nashville to Detroit to Detroit to Indianapolis. It's like an hour away from West Lafayette. Then, you know what I'm saying, the visit just kicked off from there. From Friday to Sunday morning, I just had a ball. So I decided to talk to the coaches about my decision. And um, then I told them I was going to talk to my parents. And then 
Sunday Sunday night, I think, I decommitted from Western and decided to commit to Purdue. And that's that's big news because uh, uh, obviously um, and we'll kind of we'll take people through this for a minute because I know that there's a lot to it and um, we'll kind of start uh, from the beginning and work our way through. But you you initially committed to WKU. Gosh, you sent me that text. What was that? Almost a year ago or so uh, yeah. that you, you committed to them initially. Um, what what drew you to Western in the first place? What what were you initially interested in? Why were you attracted to the to the Hilltoppers? Why did you make that commitment at first? Uh, I was pretty familiar with the campus and what went on around WKU, and uh, so I was like, man, I'm gonna just go ahead and make this home because like down the road, and plus me and Coach Brown, we've been I'm saying he's been at me for a while, so I've been knowing Coach Brown for 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 a while now, so that was another reason why and. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not that far away from home either way. Anyways. Yeah. Right. And Jeff Brom is the one you're talking about. Is that right? Jeff and Brian. And Brian. I was going to say, because both of them have really been involved with the process in terms of recruitment and mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing. So you got close to both of those guys and to their staff, I assume, and some of those assistants. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Um, and so uh, I, I know you went and did the – I think you did a, a couple unofficials. You were there for some games during the season mm-hmm. and then had the opportunity to go do the official visit and that sort of thing. Did you have a chance to talk to Coach Sanford at that point? Uh, and, and I know he was new and, and mm-hmm. had some new folks in there. Did you have a chance to talk to them at that point and kind of see if it was still going to be the same kind of fit? Because sometimes when you have new people yeah. in there, that might change things a little bit. So what was that conversation like and, and did it kind of – Sway your your thought process at all? Actually, I talked to uh, Coach Sanford the day that you know what I'm saying they they offered him the job and he, he took it. And uh, of course, he came in for a 12 p.m. midnight visit and official visit. Really, so it wasn't really much of a change for me of how I felt about the university and the the, the football program. But it did feel a little different though because it wasn't Brom there. So that's just that. It just the only thing that really felt different because Brom wasn't there. Right. So um, over the weekend is when I assume you, you took the, the visit to West Lafayette. You said you flew in and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience like? Because obviously, you know, Purdue and yeah. and again to get people caught up in case you're you're fast forwarding here, uh, we're with Christian County High School senior wide receiver Kieran Catlett one of the top receivers ever to come through Christian County and really the state of Kentucky, um, talking his decision to decommit from WKU. And now, like he announced today, commit to Purdue University, which is a huge deal, Power 5 conference, Mm -hmm. school, and that sort of thing. Uh, What about the visit when you went there, other than the fact that you already had that relationship built with Jeff Brom and Brian Brom and some of those guys, what was your initial impression or take of the Purdue campus when you got there? First, I, I really, when I first got on the plane there, I didn't think I'd like it. And then when I got there, I was uh, I was with my host, Jared. You know what I'm saying? We was riding around, we seen the campus, and you know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. Then I was like, dang, this is, this is better than I thought. It's a nice town, well, a nice city, because it's bigger than Western. But it's, it's, it was nice, and I actually liked it. One thing, it was just cold. It was snow on the ground. <laughs> it was cold. You get that in Bowling Green too, and here. But yeah, yeah it's it's a little more toward that line where mm-hmm. you get some some harsher winter weather. Yeah. Um, who greeted you when you got there, and and what were some of the things you had a chance to do? I know you said you got to go around the campus. I think I saw a picture of you in the in the Purdue jersey with the ball and doing a photo shoot. But what were some of the things that you had an opportunity to do while you were at Purdue's campus? Uh. Who greeted me there was all the coaches. All the coaches greeted me there. Some stuff I got to do. I really just got to chill with the players, see what they life is like when they when I go there or when they there. Mm-hmm. So I, that's all I really got to do. And then they took us on a tour around the campus Saturday morning and let us see the facilities and stuff like that. And then is it the sort of thing where you got back on the plane and said, let me think about it, or – did you meet with them and say, "This feels like it's where I need to be"? How did that? 
how did that go coming to that final decision? Did you have to call them after you got back home? How did that kind of come about? So when on Sunday morning when I woke up, I was actually 50-50 with my choices. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know like which way to do or which way or which school to go to. So I talked to the coaches and I told them, and I tell them, uh, I told, also told them that I got to talk to my mom about it. You know what I'm saying? Then uh, when I got on the plane, I was starting to feel like, man, Purdue could be it. So my decision was going towards Purdue more as I got home. So then I talked to my mom and I prayed about it, and, and I felt like it was the right choice for me. And it sounds like, and I'm going to read this just for people that didn't get to see it, and you can follow him at Catlett Kieran on Twitter. But he said, first of all, I'd like to thank God for placing me in the position that I am in today. Uh, second, I would like to thank WKU and their new coaching staff for everything that they've done for me, from coming and being 100% with my commitment and not taking my scholarship. With this being said, I'll be decommitting from WKU. And then you say thank you and God bless. Uh, The key thing in here, though, the one sentence I left out, and you have it in all caps, you say my decision. Mm -hmm. It is your decision at the end of the day. It's got to be something that you're comfortable with. This is where you're going to be spending the next several years of your life. Mm -hmm. It's where you're really going to kind of take the the next step and and build that next chapter why was it so important for you to make sure that you made a decision that was best for Kieran because at the end of the day I gotta go to this I gotta go to the school I gotta play for the university and um and when you're in this recruiting process and I tell this to everybody who's actually going through the recruiting process people gonna tell you what they want you to do so like uh for an example before I actually committed to Western, they were like, man, you should go here or you should go there. Or actually, when I did com- uh, when I did commit to WKU at the time, they was like, man, why'd you go there? And stuff like that. And at the end of the day, I just sit back and think, like, they ain't going to school. I am. So I really, so it's my decision. And for the uh, players coming up, it's your decision. You and your mom or your parents or whoever help you make that decision. It's, it's, you're doing, it, doing what's best for y'all, not nobody else. Sure. Uh, in terms of, uh, and I guess I'll say this now, congratulations, because it, it is a, an, an amazing decision. Mm-hmm. I know it's a, a, a very difficult decision because I could tell that, uh, that Western was a place where you felt comfortable and that you would have probably had some success, but at the end of the day, the coaches that initially recruited you are yeah. somewhere else now, mm-hmm. and they're giving you that opportunity. And yeah. if the if the fit's there, you got to take it. So congratulations on figuring that out. Um, in terms of that conversation with Coach Brom, what did he discuss with you about his expectations for you? What are your goals for Purdue? Is it to start yeah. when you first get there your first year? Is mm-hmm. it to work your way up in a certain spot? Is it to be on special teams? Is it right. what? After understanding what it is he wants you to do, what are your goals at Purdue for playing football? Well, uh, first off, my goals for when I go to Purdue is simply just going there and just compete and work hard from day one. And after that, whatever happens, happens. That's how I'm taking it. Because when I came into high school, I had specific goals set out and I did achieve them. But this one is just a little different because the competition level. Because I'm now I'm going against the the top guys in the nation, like the five-star recruits and stuff like that, guys from Ohio State, Michigan State, stuff like that. So my thing is to come in and uh, coming into Purdue is just simply just going in and competing and work hard. Yeah. One of the things that uh, that a lot of people may not even realize, and I thought of this immediately when I uh, heard that that Coach Brown was leaving for Purdue. Mm-hmm. One of the first things you ever sent to me when the recruitment process really kind of kicked into the full gear was the graphic that Purdue sent you mm-hmm. with the the jersey with your name on it hanging in the locker and yeah, the per, yeah. the customized stuff. Yeah. So before he was even there. a thought in, yeah, in their mind, me. Purdue was already showing yeah. heavy interest along with Louisville and Notre Dame and some other schools. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they came out of nowhere. Purdue was, was certainly on your radar and vice versa. Yeah. Now you add in the fact that a guy that was so close with you and the Brom family that – really was interested and recruited you on top of that, mm-hmm. it was a, a kind of a, a match made in heaven. Who else were you considering through the process? Uh, were there any others that were maybe kind of outside possibilities for you in terms of yeah. saying those might be good places for me too? Uh, places like uh, Marshall, 
UT Martin, Eastern Kentucky. And that's, and, uh, that's, I guess, pretty much it. Just those schools. Okay. Those are the ones reaching out after Brom left because they thought something would happen with the new, if a new coaching staff came in and changed stuff around. Sure. So when you, when you line all those up then to say, and those are all fine institutions and fine football programs, you're talking about Marshall that's got a, a big history in, in college football. But when you put them next to one another, you know, Purdue almost kind of stands out by itself, again, because of the types of teams you've been playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you've probably looked at the, the schedule for 2017. Purdue opens against Louisville. Right. And, and Lamar Jackson, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're smiling, but, I mean, that's yeah. what, a, what a cool thing to think about, mm-hmm. that you go from one situation to saying, hey, I'm going to be playing against one of the top teams in the country to open my freshman season. Is that something that you thought about when you said this is maybe another reason for me to go? Yeah, that was the main thing I thought about um, when I made this decision. And also uh, one of my good friends, Cole Bentley, who was a Louisville commit, you know what I'm saying? we talked about it afterwards. And, you know what I'm, saying? I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, another factor, I think, in maybe this, this whole decision-making process and I think it's been kind of cool to watch you guys do it together. But Kenneth Major, Coco, uh, who's your teammate at Christian County, yeah. you guys have kind of really been parallel in this process in terms of uh, having interest from WKU at the same time, mm-hmm. going on your visits at the same time, committing around maybe the same time, maybe a little bit of space in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like Brian and Jeff Brom were also very interested in yeah. trying to keep him uh, in line with where they were. Yeah. How much has your friendship with him and relationship with, with Coco um, played into this? Have you guys talked about things? Did you say, we're a package deal, we're going together? Or how did that kind of come about? Um, I don't know, really, because uh, it all started in the summer when uh, when I committed. I was at a camp with him just to watch because we was at the Western camp. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Coach Brown was like, man, who are some guys that I need to look out for? I was like, man, Coco, that's my guy. That's my family. <laughs> that's my blood. So just watch out for him. He's like, all right, I got you. It's, you know, boom, they offered him, committed. And then with everything happening with this right now, we talk about it all a whole lot and what we're going to do. Actually, he was the first to say, if Purdue ever offered me, I'm going. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I was like, all right, all right, I guess this is – this might be the place then. So he he was already in the back of his mind kind of thinking, hey, if they leave and they're still interested and they want to bring me along an offer, yeah, that's where I need to be. Right. He kind of knew that. Uh, Off the bat, he was no question, no question. <laughs> and what about you? Because obviously when you hear the news that mm-hmm. the coach that recruited you and that you're where you're committed and comfortable with that decision, you hear that the, that guy leaves, right. what's the first thing that goes through your head? I was like, dang, did he really leave? I didn't know what was going to happen, so I was just stressed, really. What are some emotions that kind of you deal with? Are you are you happy for him? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Are you confused? What what what's the main thing that kind of, of came day, to the surface? At the end of the day, I was happy for him because because I would have did the same thing. Let's say if Alabama would offer me, I would went to Alabama. Yeah. So I really can't be mad at him. I was just more stressed about what the next coaching staff would do with me now, particularly what Coach Brown was doing. Sure. And, you know, at, at Western Kentucky, he had a lot of success, on, especially on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. where they really uh, they like to throw the ball. Right. And uh, obviously Mike White and uh, and Brandon Dowdy and some of those guys that have been there before, right. uh, you know, they've, they've proven that they have a high-octane offense. Mm-hmm. Do you get the sense that the Brahms are going to, take that and, and adapt it to their new surroundings in Purdue? Is that yeah. what you expect to kind of be playing in as a, as a Boilermaker? Yeah, I know that they're going to come in and change that program around just about how they carry themselves around, how they talk about it, and how the players also, they believe in the new coaching staff there. And uh, I believe that with the passing game that they had at Western, they're going to especially blow it up at uh, Purdue because at the end of the day, when the new coaching staff came into Western, that wasn't their offense. That was that was Coach Brahms in them offense. So I believe that when they come to Purdue and the season starts and stuff get rolling, I think the offense is going to be high powered and the team will change around. Yeah. 
uh, like I mentioned, National Signing Day is coming up. You're yeah. going to make this official, uh, I guess, yeah. on Wednesday? Wednesday that, morning. Wednesday morning? At 9. Okay. Uh, so you'll be signing the, the National Letter of Intent. Mm-hmm. It's it's always kind of a – I love National Day, Signing Day ceremonies because I feel like it's kind of the culmination of years of, of sacrifice and of mm-hmm. hard work. And I know you're a young man who has worked very, very hard for what you've got. Um it can sometimes also be kind of anticlimactic because you've yeah. already made the decision. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're just basically putting the pen to the paper and, and that sort of thing. Right. But what do you expect to be thinking about as you do make it official and you know that all these years that you've really, really uh, put into your, your craft and right. worked to get bigger and stronger and faster and, uh, and, and have better hands and so forth, do you, do you expect to, you'll be emotional? Will you be I'll just be, be over the moon excited? How will you be? I'll be really emotional because I've worked too hard and I still got work to do, of, of course. But, yeah, I'll be really emotional. And plus, it's, it's bigger than me because it's setting the trend for the for Kobe Lange, Corey Trice, and those other guys that's coming up. And also for Hoptail High School, too, with Jalen and them. So it's a, I'll be emotional on Wednesday and and just know that it's it's way bigger than me. Sure, and you it's a really good kind of lead in because I, I and you alluded to this earlier, but what would be your your number one or number two pieces of advice to guys like Colby and Corey who has several offers and mm-hmm. uh, and people like that that are maybe going through the recruitment process and looking ahead to their own national signing day? Yeah, speak to them right now and tell them. Here's what you should do. Here's my best advice. I really don't like giving advice like that, but I tell them that because all I know, Corey, I know Corey and Kobe, they're big believers of Jesus Christ. So I just keep telling them, keep praying about it. Because with Corey, with his offers, you know what I'm saying, one day he's going to have to make this decision. So just pray about it. And with Kobe, you know what I'm saying, he ain't got no offers right now, but they will come. And I told him last night, just pray about it. Watch what you do out here because – God ain't just going to bless you if you're doing wrong. And another uh, thing I, I say is that you just got to keep working in, in the school, in the weight room, on the field, off the field, everywhere. You just got to keep working. And pinning that little extra work won't, won't, won't hurt you. Last thing I'll ask you here, um, and you, you can take a minute to think about it, but I have a feeling you probably have a, a good answer ready to go. In terms of your time at Christian County, you did you did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you had some great coaches What's the, the number one lesson that you learned at County that you think you'll be able to take with you and have success at Purdue? Coach Love always say compete. Compete, 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 because you ain't going to make it nowhere. Ain't nothing going to be handed to you. So that's why I said earlier my mindset of going into Purdue is going to compete and working hard. That's the one thing Coach Love established to me as soon as I met him in eighth in the seventh grade and going into the eighth grade, just got going to compete and work hard because the next man right beside me is going to give me his spot. You know what I'm saying? He's going to die about his spot. So I'm, I got to go and compete. Christian County High School's Keyron Catlett uh, announced Sunday he's decommitted from Western Kentucky and mm-hmm. uh, announces here today on the Young Sports Podcast that he is committed to Purdue. He'll sign Wednesday morning on National Signing Day to become an official Boilermaker. Do you even know what a Boilermaker is? No, I've been asking that question all <laughs> week. Like, hey, Coach, what is a Boilermaker? Did they give me an answer? One of them did, but I, I, I was like, man, that ain't bright. So I really don't know what a Boilermaker is. Do you have a Purdue hat or any apparel ready for us for Wednesday? I asked Coach Brown, could he uh, send me a hat or something? He said he had to see what he can do. Awesome. Well, listen, man, we're we're very proud of you. I wish you uh, all the best. Congratulations on a on a wonderful career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an honor to, to watch your last several years on the, on the field, and mm-hmm. you you got big things ahead. So keep your uh, uh, keep your nose clean, keep your head down, keep competing like you were talking about. And my only my only request is that when you're playing on Sundays in a few years, yeah. you'll come back and talk to me again. Yeah, you, you won't forget these little podcasts <laughs> and the little guys like me when you're doing your thing. That's all I ask. I got you. All right. Congratulations, Kieran. Appreciate it. We'll we'll be right back and we'll keep rolling with the Young Sports Podcast. Stay tuned.
as I mentioned earlier in the show, the response to the Young Sports Podcast has been off the charts. But the segment from the first episode that received the most reaction by far, the segment that is sweeping the nation, is five minutes with Dad, which actually quickly morphed into ten minutes with Dad last week during our first episode. But he's back another week for another conversation. So welcome to my dad, Wayne Young, who joins us on the Young Sports Hotline from Cincinnati, Ohio. And dad, first question, how many autographs did you sign over the past week? You know, my right hand is still cramping up. I've actually, I've I've taught myself now to sign with my left hand (laughs) because my right hand has gotten so cramped up from all the autographs. It's, It's been it's been remarkable. No, in all seriousness, what a blast this is. Although, I will tell you, I have been advised by more than one person to embrace the kids theory here. Keep it short and simple. Or as I like to say, keep it short, stupid. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep it short to the app, Well, I do appreciate it, and um, I'll try to do the same, and we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll get you out of here in a timely fashion. But, you know, like I mentioned last week when we spoke and it kind of explained during the podcast, with you being the person responsible really for my love of sports, I kind of like the idea of bringing you on to, to talk about a, a topic or an array of topics in sports really from a, a father-son perspective. And I know that you've got plenty of stories to share. This week, I think when we kind of talked – before we we got started today, it sounds like you might uh, want to take us back a little bit to your your glory days on the gridiron. Is that correct? <laughs> glory days, indeed, young man, <laughs> indeed. But I don't know if you call it a gridiron. It, it was a, uh, uh, a a field filled with gopher holes that uh, uh, that we ran around on when I was in grade school. But yeah, I, I thought you know it's it's that time. It's the big game because I don't think we're allowed to say Super Bowl. No, it's the big game, L-I, lie. And, you know, I thought what better time than to reminisce about my early football career. Let's do it. What do you... uh... Okay, so, so, you know, I told you last week, I'm the worst athlete in the world. I've never thought I was any more than, than the worst athlete on the field at all times. And... You know, obviously, my my uh, my older brothers and my parents kind of agreed. They must have thought the same way. And uh, when I was in like fifth grade, I think it was fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, and I was going to a Catholic grade school back home in, in Illinois. The uh, fifth and sixth graders played touch football. The seventh and eighth graders played flag football. And then by the time you got to high school, you played tackle, obviously. So fifth and sixth grade touch football, uh, you actually. Uh, the only thing you needed to bring to practice was a helmet. Hmm. And my mom didn't think that I was really committed to being a football player. So, you know, all my friends were going out. Their moms were going to the local sporting goods stores. Shout out to Kurt Smith's Sporting Goods in Belleville, Illinois, <laughs> which I don't think they're still open. Otherwise, we'd have to charge them for that. Right. But uh, everybody was going there to get their helmet. And you know, this would have been uh, back in the... the uh, mid to late 60s, but very late 60s. And so even then, people were buying helmets with uh, with face masks. And you know, so I told my mom, this is the helmet that I wanted. My mom, being the frugal uh, person that she was and someone who didn't want to support necessarily my burgeoning or blossoming football career, she did the next, next, next best thing. She put an ad in the local newspaper for a used helmet. Okay, that's fine. I can deal with a used helmet. But unfortunately, you know, my mom, uh, I got home from school. She said, hey, I, a guy responded, uh, came by the house today. I bought your helmet. And I'm like, this is so exciting. I have a football helmet to take to practice tonight. Well, she brought the helmet out. It was a blue helmet that looked like it was something straight out of the Ronald Reagan Win One for the Kipper movie. <laughs> the leather helmet with no face mask and just a chin strap. <laughs> I, I will never forget the sight of that helmet. And I, I'm laughing now. At the time, I was not so excited about it. And I remember reacting and, and trying to put on the brave face, and it's like, oh, my gosh, really? I mean, this this is going to be my helmet. I can't take this. So then my mom proceeded to get out the paint and paint a number, just a random number, on the side of my helmet on both sides. So now I had a blue leather helmet without a face mask and a white 
white ro- numerals, white, white numbers on the side. And I, I took it to my first practice, and I was so embarrassed by it that I actually laid it down uh, right as I walked onto the field. And I went up to practice, and the coach was upset that I didn't have a helmet. And so obviously I didn't play much, because the only time I could play is when I could borrow somebody's helmet that was not in that. So you never used it? I, I never used that. Oh. I, I, was, I, I was so embarrassed by it. Grandma, I'm so traumatized by it. Your mom, my grandma Young, who's 90 years old and can still get on the, the computer better than I can and, and serve, if she hears this, which I am guarantee she'll listen at some point, I hope she's not too disappointed in that news. I'm almost sad to say it out loud, I guess. But it's it's haunted me for years, Christopher. It, it, it totally derailed my football career because I didn't have the proper gear. If only you just had the right helmet. Who know? I mean, you could be you could be coaching in the Super Bowl this way, or sorry, the, the big the big game. Uh, the big game. Yeah, we're not allowed to say Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. The the big. Game. I wish I still had that helmet though. I could probably make fifty bucks off of it, which is probably forty nine dollars and fifty cents more than my mom paid for it. Do you think she uh, bought it from the guy from the White Pages? Do you think you looked as good in the leather helmet as George Clooney did in the movie where he uh, he played football in the leather helmet? You see, I went back even further. It shows you how old I am. I went back to Ronald Reagan. You're right, George Clooney. That's exactly. I don't think I look quite as good as Clooney, though. <laughs> I looked more like that uh, Bronco Nagurski character that uh, that lined up across from Clooney and tried to take his head off uh, throughout the game. The yeah, uh, uh, the, the technology and, and the material used for football helmets has, as you know, incredibly evolved over the years. It's a little different these days. Are you, were you ever, after that experience, I'm sure you had a different opinion, but, you know, when I started having an interest in wanting to play football in high school, was that something you were ever worried about? Were you, were you and mom ever concerned no. about uh, the injury factor or about, the contact or the concussions that that come with football. Well, I don't know that at that time yet that concussions were still a big uh, storyline, and mm-hmm. certainly not as big as they are now. But uh, truly, there was absolutely concern about uh, injuries from uh, you know neck injuries related to uh, to bad tackling, bad form tackling, et cetera, et cetera. That that was a very big concern, and in fact. I don't know how much of this you actually remember, but when you made the decision that you wanted to do that, I had to do some serious lobbying behind the scenes to convince your mom that it was safe for you to do it. And of course then, you know, when you had an injury in practice that we had to field the phone call and and race to the hospital to, to, you know, your mom, she gave me that look like, I told you this would happen. She never said that, but I know exactly what she was thinking. This is what I was definitely afraid of happening, and now here we are living this nightmare. So were we concerned? Absolutely. I don't think any parent at any time would, would ever be, uh, would honestly say, it never crosses my mind, it never crossed my mind, especially when it comes to the sport of football. Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a sport that more and more people are coming out and saying that it's a, uh, uh, there, there are things that happen to the body there that are not natural. Look, you look at the, look at, uh, uh, I just read earlier today, in fact, about Michael Orr, uh, the, the blindside uh, character that mm-hmm. the movie was made after, who's been in per, uh, concussion protocol with Charlotte since September, and is still in concussion protocol. 30-year-old man has been in concussion protocol now for five months. So, yes, it's a big concern, and, and uh, it's one that I know every parent worries about. If you had to do it over again, and I asked you right now, Dad, I want to go play football, what's your answer? I would probably say yes, because uh, two reasons. One, you know, accidents can happen. Things like that can happen anywhere, at any time. And two, the, the resulting positive experience that was your takeaway from playing football in high school is was a life-shaping decision that with lifelong friendships, and I don't mean friendships, I mean brothers that, that you made from your high school football team that are as big a part of my family as as my own children in many instances. So I would my answer, my snap answer would be yes, absolutely, I would embrace it. Good stuff. 
crazily enough, that's already been 10 minutes on the dot, right, when you finish that answer. Oh, so we're, the, the time is already... Uh, 15 minutes with Dan. <laughs> 15 minutes. If we do... I think for if, now on, no more guests. It's if, just you and me for an hour, and we'll be good. Hey, we could rock that, and I guarantee you, <laughs> we could do an hour solid, and we'd still need more time. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll take care of your viewership or your listenership. Your audience will diminish rapidly to listen to me for an hour, but no. Who's your pick for the big game? Ooh, I mean, I, I've, I've said that the Patriots, since they went 4-0 with a backup quarterback earlier in the season, I'm going to stick with that pick. I just think that they're uh, they're they're too good. They're too poised for a game like this. And as much as um, his demeanor sometimes kind of annoys me, uh, Belichick really is one of our best coaches in all pro sports. Who, who do you have? Well, with two weeks to get ready, it's hard to vote against uh, Belichick, yes. But I, I, I really have to take a look at the body of work, and I, I look at both sides of the football, and I don't believe that defensively New England puts up enough or will offer enough resistance to be able to stop or slow down Atlanta. Hmm. And I, I don't know offensively that New England will be able to score enough to keep up with Atlanta. And I, I a lot of experts, I believe, are going with Atlanta, and I, I think I've got to fall right in line with that. I think we're going to see a Falcon Super Bowl, and I, how great will that be to have a new market uh, experience it? I, 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 I hope that's what happens, but I'm going to go with Atlanta. Good stuff. We'll, uh, we'll talk about those picks next week. Dad takes Atlanta. I've got New England. We'll see what happens. Thanks, Dad, for uh, for joining us on the Young Sports Podcast once again. And thank you for allowing me to have the correct type of football helmet in high school. I do appreciate it. Uh, that's been 10 Minutes with Dad. You'll join us again next week, I assume? Absolutely. Because I can't wait for spring training so I can talk about my plastic red, white, and blue fielder's mitt that I got when I started playing Little League Baseball. Nice. We're gonna, we can do like an, a whole... Uh, Sporting equipment show too. This is absolutely. We could have a spinoff on our hands. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. All right, thanks, Dad. That was ten minutes with Dad. We'll be right back as the Young Sports Podcast rolls on. All right, the Young Sports Podcast rolls along, and we needed to get my next guest in here immediately because before long, the guy's going to simply disappear. We're with Hopkinsville High School coach Tim Hayworth, Murray State legend. Uh, but the guy's down, what are you down now, 80 pounds that you've uh, you've lost during a, uh, a diet and exercise yeah, regimen that you've been on? Congratulations, oh, man. You look, you. you look amazing. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, where did that even come from? Were you just ready to? Because I, I know that when it's high school basketball season in Kentucky, we know it's it is around here because of the Tim Hayworth sweat coming off the bald head. But that's been minimal lately because you've been <laughs> gotten yourself in such great shape. Right. How'd you do it? Because well, you, you you look good. Here's the thing: I went to a on a mission trip out in Utah this summer, and uh, so they were all planning this excursion up the mountain, and I'd already been walking up some hills. And I about died, and I told him, I'm not walking up that mountain. What I want to do is, so I chose another dude that was as out of shape as I was. We went down into the valley and watched some NBA basketball and uh, and ate some chicken wings. <laughs> and I said, when I get back to Hobtown, I am going to get in shape. Have you and done I, it? And I just, I've been running six miles every morning. Six miles every morning? Every morning. That's amazing. So 4.45 a.m., that's when I set my alarm. I head over to the gym. And uh, some days I don't even brush my teeth before I go. <laughs> well, anybody listening, that's the the Tim Hayworth workout. It's it's worked very well. Uh, congrats on on the oh, success on that, and congrats on the success with the Hopkinsville basketball program. Uh, I know you and I talk pretty frequently, and people around the state have have um, made Hopkinsville synonymous with success in Kentucky high school boys basketball. Uh, I know before last year. Four straight trips to the Sweet 16 at Rupp Arena, which some people dream their whole lives to get there once. Right. You get to go four straight times. Pretty incredible opportunity to, to, to get back to state that many times in a row. Yeah, it was a huge blessing. And, uh, you know, just to be able to play on Rupp Arena, 
one time, like you said, but much less four times. I mean, all my dreams have come true as far as my coaching career. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more pleased or blessed, you know, to be the head basketball coach at Hottown. It's really, you know, Leah and I have been here nine years, and, you know, both of our kids have been born here. And so it's really home for us, and uh, we just, we've really enjoyed it. Now, a lot of people may not realize this, so we'll, we'll put it all out on the table, but uh, you and I go way back before even our, our Hoptown days. I don't think we ever imagined we'd be sitting here talking to each other uh, in a podcast interview, but uh, back when you were playing for the racers, uh, I, I was a student at Murray State working for the, the, the student paper there and, and covering your games, and uh, I guess we've come a long way, haven't we? Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been a blast. And, uh, you know, when you told me, you hadn't even, uh, you know, you hadn't even really had told me you were uh, applying for the job at the New Era. And then when I found out you got the job, I'm like, are you in Hoptown? You said, I'm in Hoptown. I was, you know, and I'm so thankful you're here. You do such a great job, but, you know, and you're a good friend to me. But, you know, it's just, it's been really a great experience from our Murray State days till now. And, uh, you know, we would, we would have never dreamed or said, hey, we're going to uh, end up in Hopkinsville, Kentucky together. Right. I think the story you like to tell people is that I, I let you in the Lambda Chi fraternity parties for free, right? You were my guy. <laughs> I never had to pay a penny at the Lambda Chi. In fact, I never hardly went to any other parties but Lambda Chi because I loved you guys. It was, it was a good choice. Uh, but like you mentioned, you've been here almost a decade, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, the success you've had has just been incredible from the, the players that you've turned out who are, have gone on to play at the next level. But really, the success and the the way that you've built this program into such a, a perennial force is pretty incredible. I know, like we mentioned, you made four straight trips to the Sweet 16 until last year. You ran into crosstown rival Christian County, who beat you four times, which is not an easy task, including that second region championship game. This year, though, you guys set the tone and really what's considered round one Saturday night, a 72-53 win over the Colonels at home. Really a, a pretty dominant performance beyond that first quarter, led by Shorty Cager. What did you see in that game, and, and were you surprised that you were able to, to beat them by 19 points? Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's just, like I said, you know, to our guys, it's just one game, so, you know, uh, we just got to move on from it. Uh, we played really well, but, you know, I thought we competed on every play. We defended. We shared the ball offensively with each other, and, uh, you know, when you're able to do that and do that for 32 minutes – then you're always going to have a chance to win. I, th- I thought we kind of warmed down, you know, just with our physical presence, just competing on every play. And, uh, you know, but they'll be ready to play the next time. We know it's going to be a war every time we play them. Uh, all four games last year I felt like we could have won, but we just weren't quite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were a little bit better than us. And so the best team won out. And uh, this year I feel like we're ready. I feel like we're ready to make that next step. Uh, you know, and I told our guys – don't worry about tomorrow, you know, because tomorrow brings, you know, its own worries and troubles and all those kind of things. And I said, just focus on today. And I, I've been doing that as a coach because in the past I've kind of, you know, worried about this, this, and this. But I've really have enjoyed coaching this year as much as any year. I'm the least stressed I've ever been, and I'm just really taking it one day at a time. You have a pretty incredible backcourt in Shorty Cager and Jalen Johnson, both guys who have come up with you in that program as, as youngsters and now as junior uh, guards in that backcourt, both are pretty special. Shorty showed the other night that he is one of maybe the under, most underrated guards in the region, maybe even the state, uh, with 34 and seven three-pointers. Jalen did what he does and uh, hustled and put up 19 and hit a couple of big threes. What have those two meant to the program and really kind of been the the consistency and the backbone of the success that you have had with the Tigers. Yeah, they they mean everything, and uh, you know, and I, I'm pretty hard on our guys, and you know, and I stay on them because you know, one of the first things I want to know when I have player meetings: Do you want to play at the next level? If your answer is yes, I'm coaching you different than a guy that says no. So I'm holding you responsible. I'm holding you accountable every single day. Not that I don't the other guys, but if you tell me you want to play, then I'm going to be on you harder than most guys that I'm going to coach. And so both of those guys want to play at the next level. And so they've been able to take coaching, learn from it, you know, and just get better and better. And then the amount of work they put in on their shooting. Because, see, Stephen Shorty wasn't a great shooter, but he's put the time in. Now he's a great shooter. So, 
you know, and I know it surprises a lot of people because they're like, man, he can really shoot. Well, he put the time in. That doesn't just happen by accident. You just don't roll out of bed and can't shoot one day, and then the next day you're like, I'm a great shooter. And uh, I know how much work that put, puts to get to that level. And the same way with Jalen, you know, one of the games I was in the office, it's probably midnight, and I hear a ball bouncing, and it's Jalen. And he's getting up 500 threes at midnight. Wow. You know, and so there's only a few guys that can do that. And, you know, 90, I'm going to say 95% of high school players are not going to do that. And it doesn't mean that they're bad people or bad players or, but you got to have a different mindset if you're able to, if you're going to be able to do that on a consistent basis. And that's what separates both of those guys. Sure. Shorty Cager's real name is Steven. Right. How do you get the nickname Shorty? I think because he's five foot one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a little he's not. He's not so short anymore. Right, right, right. How no. tall is he now? Five, like seven? five, seven, five, eight. Yeah. But you know the thing with Shorty is he. He. I mean, he plays like he's seven foot tall. <laughs> he does. I mean, he plays like he's seven foot tall. I said he's one of the most enjoyable players I've ever had to coach. Uh, his brother Q, same way. I love that kid. I mean, he was, you know, now he couldn't shoot. And I'll say that on that. I mean, he he took one three his senior year. It was a half-court heave at the buzzer. And I said, hopefully that's the last one you'll have to shoot. Did it go in? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're talking again with, with Hopkinsville High School basketball coach Tim Hayworth, a Graves County High School alum. You played at Graves County, right? Yeah, for a couple years. And uh, then I ended up not playing my junior and senior year. Long story. Go to the five-star camp in Pittsburgh end up playing at Murray State University. So, you know, you just never know. And we'll, we'll talk about that for a moment because your experience at Murray State, while you maybe didn't play as much as you probably would have liked to for the racers, the experience was still something that was very incredible from a standpoint of the people you got to play for, the relationships you forged. And there's, those are still some people that you not only learned from in your craft now as a coach, but you still have that relationship with and you communicate with, who are some of those people that you look to as mentors who have really helped you get to this point where you are now? Right. Uh, one of them is Anthony Boone. Uh, you know, he's at Central Arkansas now. He's actually recruiting Shorty and Jalen, both of them. Uh, but, you know, he's uh, just a tremendous person and coach, and he meant so much to me because he just spent so much time, you know, uh, just talking to you about the Lord and just different things. And, uh, you know, he really cares as a human being. And then you know, of course, Tavester Anderson, he's just a great guy and just gave me the opportunity to come to Murray State. And then, uh, you know, Mick Cronin uh, is really my mentor and coaching. Uh, you know, I've learned so much from him. I was a grad assistant for him for two years, I played for him, you know, for a year. And uh, he just means so much to me from a coaching standpoint. Taught me so much about the game on how to prepare, you know, how to just, I mean, and he was tough on us. And uh, I appreciate that, you know. And at the time, you might not realize it, you know, because you're like, man, he's hard on this, you know, this, this, and this. But that dude really cares about his players. Like, if I could ever have anybody play for Coach Cronin, I'd feel just so lucky, you know. And uh, he I met Darren Savino. Darren Savino's, you know, with him there at uh, Cincinnati. And uh, just both of those guys mean a lot to me in my coaching career. And, you know, we're all good friends. And I try to go up there and see them as much as possible. We mentioned this before we started talking, but I'll ask you now that we're on the air. Who's more intense on the on the bench or on the sideline, you or Mick Cronin? Coach Cronin. <laughs> <laughs> he still got me beat. Um, we were talking a minute ago about the the Christian County rivalry, and we'll we'll jump back to that for a moment because I do think that it is such a just an amazing event when you talk about that that game. And now you play at least twice a year. Last year it was four times, like we talked about, including that district and regional final. What makes it so special? Because the other night the JV game had a packed house. By the time you guys tipped, there were 5,000-plus standing room only, loud the entire night, just an amazing atmosphere. Why do people care so much? Why do all the people show up like that and, and get loud for two, two and a half hours for that game? And I think, you know, because both programs are really good, you know, and both schools are really good, and, uh, you know, it's just it's competition at its best. There's no easy game. There's, you know, and it's just – and then the rivalry, you're either a colonel or you're a tiger – and don't like each other. But the cool thing about this rivalry is after the game's over, everybody gets together, you know, and so that makes you feel good. I've seen a lot of rivalries where they don't want to speak to each other, and I'm like, that's just silly, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like, we're all human beings, and we're all, you know, we should all be trying to help each other out. 
Uh, but don't, we don't have to be friends the night of the game or, you know what I'm saying, during the game. Like, I'm not a Christian County fan. I'm a Hoptown Tiger fan, right. you know. And so, uh, and I think that's the coolest thing about it, though, is that afterwards the teams are, you know, the kids are both talking to each other. You know, I looked down there the other night. I, I go to the hospitality room after the game. I look down there, like Ware and Seabury and Mason's talking to Jalen Shorty, CJ. You know, so they're all talking. And, uh, you know, and so you're able to just – you know, draw. It's like me and Coach Smith. We're really good friends. You know what I'm saying? And, and we want to be a, a cool part of that game the other night. Is we were doing the happy feet thing. So we're supposed to take our shoes off during the first quarter. Well, we're a minute and a half in. I forgot to take my shoes off. He looks down there at me and says, "Shoes, shoes." <laughs> so I kicked them off. And then after the first quarter, he looks down there and says, "Are we good to put them back on?" I said, "Yeah." So you know, I mean, we're good friends, and that's a thing. You know. People can't really grasp that because they're like, ah, Christian County's supposed to hate Hoptown. Hoptown's supposed to hate Christian County. But it's really not that way. It's just that we're, you know, we're competitors. We want to win that night, but we're good friends. Talking about Frankie, excuse me, Frankie Smith, Christian County coach who's in his second season. He has a lot of coaching pedigree and history and has been at the college ranks and in Western or Eastern Kentucky and in West Virginia. What have you gotten to know about him, and what has that been that relationship been like? Because the two of you really do seem to get along so well, and you yeah. you, you have clicked yeah. since he got here. That's kind of a cool yeah. thing. And he's he's just a good person, you know. He's a tremendous basketball coach, and so you know every time we play Christian County, we're gonna have to be on our game. Uh, you know, obviously they beat us last year. He did a tremendous job, and uh, you know, so much respect. There's a lot of coaches I respect, and so much respect to him. You know, as far as what he's able to do as a coach, but. As a person, he's really good because he calls me. You know, we talk a lot. You know what I'm saying? He'll send me a text. You know what I'm saying? I'll send him a text. And so, you know, for us to be able to have a rock, you know, be rivals but also be friends, that means a lot to me because some guys can't separate it. I mean, I've coached against guys, and they cannot separate it. And he's able to separate it. I'm able to separate it, and it's a pretty cool thing. Um, Christian County and, and Hopkinsville, you mentioned great history both top ten this season in the state. University Heights, <clears throat> another uh, fantastic team with a great backcourt in the second region and, and in the same district. Henderson County is going to be really good, I think, when when the chips are, are down and uh, the, the season's on the line. Four really, really strong teams. Only one gets to be the representative that goes to state. How big of a, of a dogfight is that second region tournament going to be here oh, in a few months? Oh, it's going to be huge. A few and, weeks, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, you look at it. We've got, right now, we've got eight games left and uh, three this week, two the next week, and three the next week. And so we'll be into district play. And so, you know, the district is going to be the one that's the war because it's Heights, Christian County, and us. So one of us ain't going to the region. You know, and that's unfortunate, you know, because. We're the top three teams in the region, and so. But what we have to do is we got to get better every day. And I told them the other night we did a lot of things wrong. Uh, we didn't, uh, you know, they got too many offensive rebounds, and you know, so we got a lot of things we got to correct. And uh, we're just focused in on getting better every day. And if you give yourself a chance, even like last year, I mean, we went 20 games, and we're in the regional finals. If you'd tell me before the year started, you know, I might have told you we're going to be in the regional finals, but honestly, it's like. We had two freshmen, two sophomores that was like a huge part of our team. And for us to be in the regional finals down two with three minutes to go, like, I'm taking that. You know, if you tell me I'm going to be in the regional finals again, I'm taking that every year because that means you've got a shot. That means you've got 32 minutes to get to rub. And so I'm going to take that every single year if we can get there. Hoptown County and UHA all in the 8th District. Is that the toughest district in the state? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm biased. I, absolutely. I mean, and all three schools have Division One basketball players, and that's not – I mean, you go to a lot of districts, it's not going to happen, you know. And so we're fighting to get that number one seed. I mean, I want to play Fort Campbell. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to play Fort Campbell because you're automatically – I mean, hate to say it, but, you know, they're not going to beat us in a 32-minute game unless we just fall over and because uh, we're just better talent-wise than them. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to them, you know what I'm saying, we're just better. And so we want that number one seed, and we want to get you know a chance to get to Rupp. To get to Rupp is a, a great thing, but uh, like we've talked about before, a lot of the success you have in the Sweet 16 
is based on that draw. And that's going to take place this week. The Kentucky High School Athletic Association is doing their Sweet 16 draw for the boys and the girls. How important is it to get a quality draw, especially that first-round game? You never really know with 16 teams what you're going to get, uh, but you'd like to stay away from maybe the fourth region of the world that features a Bowling Green, the seventh region out of Louisville, which features a ton of teams and Trinity and Ballard and, and so forth. But you want to get a quality draw on that thing. Is that pretty accurate as a head coach? And, and the thing about it is all four times that we've been, we haven't gotten a good draw. <laughs> you know, and we you know, we ended up going to the final four elite eight, but one year all sixteen all six top six teams in the state were on one side of the bracket. And so that makes it tough. And uh and so we you know, and in my in my head that year I knew we were the best team in this region, and I knew for anybody to beat us, we would have to play our B or C game, and they would have to play their A-plus game. So I actually went up to Louisville. Now, that's not the case this year, but I actually went up to Louisville and scouted Ballard. Renner sees me in the crowd. and uh, you know. But that year, uh, I was really hoping that Ballard would beat Trinity because I'd watched Trinity play, and I was like, that's the only team in the state that I feel like we're not better than. Like, I feel like we're better than everybody else. We, You know, and that doesn't mean you can't get beat in the first round. It's a state tournament. But I just felt like we were going to win a state title if we – and Trinity beat Ballard, and then we drew Trinity second round. It was just a terrible matchup for it. Basketball is about matchups. And there are certain teams you just don't match up well with, and that's one of them. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here in a moment, but – you know, one of the things I, I couldn't let you leave without talking to you about, and I, I know you're not the type of guy that likes to necessarily brag on himself or you know put this kind of stuff out there, but you can be a pretty polarizing figure, especially in this community. There are some people that love Tim Hayworth. There are some people that maybe don't love Tim Hayworth for an array of reasons, and I think success breeds that sometimes. What people, in my opinion, don't get to see is the amount of hours that you put into this job, and I don't mean just – watching film and, and drawing up plays and going to scout, but the time you put in with the young men. And a lot of times what that means for you is having to drive 10 guys home after a, a eight-hour school day and three-hour practice and two-hour film breakdown. You've got two kids at home. You've got a wife that's very supportive, and she's a saint, by the way, she's for having to put up with you all the time. But the fact that you are so invested in the program and in these kids and – and that sort of thing, that seems to me you want to win a state championship every year. But at the end of the end of the day, I genuinely believe that you're more about making sure these kids have the best opportunity possible and making them not only good basketball players but but good men as well. You've done a wonderful job of that. Is that something that you believe in and, and something that you're you're about? Yeah, because at the end of the day, Chris, like we're going to be we're going to be sixty sixty five years old one day. And, like, we're not probably going to remember too many of the games. Like, in the last, like, you know, you remember your regional championships, your, you know, the games versus Christian County, that you remember all those. But, honestly, like, you remember, you miss the dudes. Like, you miss your kids. Like, I miss QKs or Quailers, Trey. Like, when they're back at the game and they're coming back, that means more to me than if you said, hey, because I, I know coaches – I've known coaches that win state championships, and I wouldn't trade spots with them for a second. You know what I'm saying? And so, do we want to win? Yeah, but like, if for some reason we didn't go, win the region this year and didn't go to the state tournament, well, is it a failure? No. Is it a failure maybe from a basketball standpoint that it didn't go? Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but as far as from a personal level, like, last year was a success for me, you know? And uh, I wish we could have went to the state tournament, don't get me wrong, but it was a success. I didn't think too much over it after about a week. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty much done with that. And I'm like, you know, we had some good things. Courtney went on to go sign a college basketball scholarship. Akeem did. Two seniors. You know what I'm saying? Bo McKinnis is at Murray State. You know, so, it, it, you know, we had three dudes go to college. What a great what a great opportunity that is. And, you know, and I remember at first when I started coaching here because, I mean, you can't get worn out. You know, and I was like, "Gosh, man, I gotta, I gotta drive here, I gotta drive there," and honestly, it's been the best thing. Those are some of my most memorable moments: spending time in a car, talking, and those have actually are my some of my favorite moments. 
like right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I get to, I know where I'm going right after practice. I'm taking one kid, you know, to Oak Grove. And I'm able to spend time with him. And we're able to talk. And so it, it's a good thing, you know. And fostering those relationships too. I just think yes. it's such a neat thing. Um, one, the last question I'll ask you about, because we, like I said, you're always wanting to give your kid kids the best possible opportunity on the on the basketball court and and let them see everything that there is to possibly see you scheduled a pretty uh, awesome game and and are bringing in a pretty neat opponent that you're going to get to match up with really to end the regular season uh for the most part i think it's either your last game or second yeah, to last game or 17th last game finley prep a a nationally ranked program out of nevada a a team that uh travels really the country playing some of the other best teams in the pro, in, in the country. Uh, how did they end up playing you guys? Are It's going to be at Marshall County on right. February 17th, I believe at 7 p.m., so right down the road for fans that want to drive down and watch that. But how did that come to be, and why is that opportunity going to be so special for you and the guys? Well, Dan Hudson, who runs the Hoop Fest at Marshall County, he's a really good friend of mine, and you know he's, he's he knows I'm constantly calling him. And I'm saying, hey, we want to play the best. Put us against in a marquee matchup. And so he called and he said, hey, we're we're trying to do something else in February. Would you want to play? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I, he was like, well, what dates do you have open? And I told him, you know, and uh, and I knew it would be. He said, do you want to play on Friday or Saturday? I said the Friday because you know obviously we start district play. And so originally I think maybe we were scheduled to play Hamilton Heights Academy. And they got the kid going to UK, and then he called me back. He said, "Would you be fine with Finley Prep?" I said, "I would absolutely love it." <laughs> you know, and I know they're way better than us. I know they they've got like six guys over six eight. Uh, but what a great opportunity for our kids! And I want our kids to be, hey, you know what? We play at Hopkinsville High School. We're going to play the best. We're not going to play a game where we can go win by thirty. Those is it's not what we're trying to do here. Like I want them to experience the best because they'll remember that game of all the games we played this year. They're going to say, be able to say one day, because they've got two NBA dudes on that team, and they're going to be able to say, I played against that dude. You know, and what a great opportunity. You know, and shoot, I might put Shorty on the seven-footer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might just say, hey, check him tonight. <laughs> you were we got to lose. I, and I have a feeling he'd have no problem Oh, with yeah. That. It's like, I get it. You know, and so it's a great opportunity. they got, like, I mean, they're huge, and they're better than we are, but I, I, I just figured that it was it, it's a great opportunity. We're trying, you know, I'm trying to maybe get Oak Hill if we can play Oak Hill. You know, I'd love for one of those teams to come to Hobtown, you know, maybe before they go to the Hoop Fest. And so maybe we can get one of those guys. And I think Steve, you know, we talked about Steve Smith. He coached at UHA. So maybe we can get him to Hobtown and see what happens. Steve, if you're listening, 2017-18, start looking at your schedule. We'd love to get you in Hopkinsville, Kentucky Hopkinsville for a – versus Oak, versus Oak Hill. Let's yeah, do it. That'd be all right. Tim Hayworth, uh, Hopkinsville High School boys basketball coach. Congratulations on the amazing weight loss. Congratulations on the the win over Christian County on Saturday. All the success you've had, four regional championships, looking to get back to a fifth Sweet 16 later on, uh, really this month and and into early March. We really appreciate you taking the time to to join us. One other thing. Yes, absolutely. First of all, this wouldn't be possible without my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But the second thing. It would not be possible if it wasn't for my wife. I love her, Leah Hayworth. She's the best. I got two awesome kids, Isaiah and Madeline. So I want to give thanks to her because without her, none of the success would ever happen. I mean, she can tell you about all the concession sand stories. She can tell you everything, but I want to say thanks to her. We 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 both have pretty supportive wives, and oh, that we're, we're we're gone uh, most of the week and into the late hours. And I'm still th- trying to figure out how you ended up with Brooke. <laughs> Man. Married up big time for oh, sure. Yeah, no doubt. But like I said, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season, and hopefully you'll come back and and join me here in a, in a few weeks, and we can talk some more postseason basketball. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. All right, that's Tim Hayworth. We'll continue on in just a moment. The Young Sports Podcast. Very special thanks to Warner Brothers recording artist Ryan Kinder, whose hit single Close serves as this show's music, to Wayne Young for 10 Minutes with Dad, and finally, to in-studio guests Hopkinsville High School boys basketball coach Tim Hayworth 
and Christian County High School senior Kieran Catlett, who announced on the Young Sports Podcast his decision to commit to the college football program at Purdue. A big congratulations to Kieran Catlett and to all the student-athletes who will be participating in National Signing Day this week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. To recommend a future guest, provide feedback, or even receive information on how to become a show sponsor, please email youngsports at gmail.com. That's young, J-U-N-G, sports at gmail.com. And until next time, may you always be courageous, stand upright and be strong, and may you stay forever young. Maybe we can fly from heaven to a night, take it to a place we've never been. Maybe we can chance it, first kiss landed, diving off the edge, baby, going all in.